welcome to another episode of Game Till 5. My name is Steph and I'm joined by my lovely co-host Nikki. Hello. How are you doing Nikki? I'm alive. Good. How are you? I am also alive. That's good to know. I'm glad that we've gotten to that point uh, in our day. That being alive is the only good thing that we've got. <laughs> the only good thing we've got going for us right now. We're alive. Yeah, we're living. So at least we've got that. If you have never listened to this podcast before, me and Nikki like to talk about various video game related top fives. Yes. Uh, This week we're going to talk about favourite couch co-op games. So we're celebrating the world of friendship. Yeah. Or, you know, we could also call it split screen games if you don't have a couch. We don't want to discriminate between people that don't own furniture. This is true. You might just have two chairs put together or boxes or you sit on the floor. So yeah, I think good good call, split screen. Yeah. Well, either one is fine. I think couch is kind of the term that's used, but as I said, it's all good. If you want to sit yeah. on a, a toadstool or something. <laughs> yeah, because we've often got toadstools growing in the house. Yep, I do. Yes, well you live in the, fo- the forest. <laughs> the forest? <laughs> yes. So, anyway... That is our topic this week, and we're going to do it. It's going to go well, as well as this intro. Yeah, I don't know what's happened this week for this intro. Words, I'm trying to say words, and they're just escaping me, which is always great when you're <laughs> trying to do a podcast. But nevertheless, uh, we will continue on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> do you want me to take over? I know I did it last week, but I wasn't. I didn't realise it would offset you this easily. <laughs> I've clearly forgotten how to intro anything. <laughs> You've thrown me off. I'll become the main host here. So now we're going to start the top five. So here is some music. What are you buying? How about a game of lucky hit? A three-headed monkey. Let's go. Yep, that was our top five music, and that denotes the start of us talking about our top five, and none of the bullshit of the intro. We've made it this far. <laughs> We're going to keep going. We've got past that now. It's yeah. fine. Let's never I've talk about over that it. again. I'll uh, I'll pep back up. It's been a long day. Um, what? Who's whose turn is it? I feel like it's yours. I don't remember even what our last top five was, so that's good. I don't remember who went last. I'm glad it was rememberable for you. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was me. No, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was you who went first last yeah, week. Yeah, so that means you go first this time. Yeah, because we take it in turns. So-called host. Uh, yeah, I know, it's it's going awfully. But nevertheless, I'm going to talk about my number five split-screen slash couch co-op game. And that is Swords of Ditto. Okay, I do not know this one. Okay, so this game came out last year, around this time. Uh, it is a action RPG developed by a company called One Bit Beyond and published by Devolver. It's kind of like Zelda, old Zelda. You're kind of like a top-down roguelike kind of characteristics and you've got little dungeons to do. Uh, have you played Moonlighter at all? It's kind of similar to the dungeons in that as well. No. And the art style is lovely. It's kind of in a style of like Adventure Time, and um, yeah, those kind of those kind of cartoons where it's got that really nice outline and everything's really squidgy and colourful and adorable. 
yeah, it's really adorable. Um, and it's a really great fun game. You can co-op it, obviously. And the nice thing about this game is it's got kind of a little bit of a different twist. So the idea is that you are given a randomly generated hero. Um, and your main goal is to defeat evil Mormo. Uh, evil with what? your friend, Mormo. They <laughs> said Mormon. Yeah, not the evil Mormon. That is a different kind of game. Uh, the evil Mormo. And the the main kind of twist to this game is that you're kind of on a time limit. So when you begin, you're told by, I can't remember who, some kind of fairy man. He basically says, hey, you've got to try and do as much stuff as possible in a certain amount of time uh, and defeat Mormo. So you can just go straight, as soon as you like spawn, you can pretty much go straight to the end and try and defeat uh, her, him. I can't remember what, which sex Mormo what does, is. What does Mormo look like? So Mormo kind of looks a bit like an owl. Oh. She's all purpley and pink and stuff. Uh, she's got kind of like, you know, in Zelda, the owl has that big kind of eyebrow thing that kind of comes up. She's got kind of one yeah. of those and she's got like a flappy dress that kind of looks a bit like wings and she's often glowing and things and apparently she's evil. But you can basically go and just defeat her straight away. But the idea is that you go and do some dungeons and pick up some stuff and also kill her like altars of power within a certain time frame and then you can go kill her but there are things like if you die or if you don't get like enough done and you try and do some more stuff the day resets so you start again so kind of like again in zelda um majora's mask and you've got a certain amount of days to do things and if you don't you reset and you're given a new character uh if you complete the game and kind of beat Mormo the world does change when the reset happens uh, slightly but Mormo does come back so it's got quite a lot of replayability and there's just some really nice bits into it you just kind of collect some weird toys like toys are kind of like your big weapons and stuff and yeah I thought that mechanic was really cool the fact of the resetting so you kind of lose your stuff but the world kind of sets in a normal place and it stops people picking like the same character all the time I think which is good if you're you know playing with slightly younger kids like you don't get a choice of what your character looks like you're kind of just randomly generated a, a boy or a girl or all the different colors of the world yeah it looks like a really really cute game i'm surprised i've never heard of it is it on console as well yes yeah i have it on the playstation 4 um it's yeah. a great i forgot that couch. we don't play games together anymore on the couch because you don't live near me traitor. i know i know i'm sorry i'm sorry i moved but you know work yeah it's a good game if you if we ever play it together it'll be good fun because it's kind of uh it's quite challenging as well the rolling around and kind of combat and stuff is quite challenging it's not the easiest um and i have a feeling they've made it the game slightly easier recently by putting in a like dlc which has included a bunch of stuff including something that removes the time limit from the game so meaning you don't have a certain like specific day to do stuff but if you die it still resets the world kind of thing so if, you know they've played around with making it easier and stuff like that but it's a it's a really good game it's cool it looks good yeah i really struggled to find any facts about this game other than the fact that they were releasing a dlc which sounded cool yeah like i said it's quite a small company who made it um but it's just a really nice looking game and it's good fun to play with a friend good that's my number five cool so before we go on to my number five we always forget the man himself mr beads we always do 
you're right so if we have a crossover which we may do i'm thinking that we will especially towards the end um this lovely gentleman will interrupt us oh and then yeah then we'll get angry so my one i feel like my top five i feel like i've gone quite retro but also a little bit new but mostly retro and for my number five i have gone for the good old classic streets of rage you oh motherfucker (laughs) it's good that i introduced beetle it's like we knew but we didn't yeah you could tell by Seth's reaction (laughs) i know and i'm really angry about the fact that you've done this for your number five i'm sorry uh yeah so (laughs) let's get into it um streets of rage for me no we're not gonna get straight into this why you know what you've done you've taken my number one wow my number one you've taken this now i don't know what to do I mean, what are you going to do? What are you going to do about it? Stop this podcast. You can take one of mine. I mean, you might have already taken one of mine. Um, I'm sure you got your own back. You might even take my number one. I doubt it, but come at me, bro. (laughs) All right. Carry on then. So yeah, I picked Streets of Rage as it was definitely one of the first side-scrollers couch co-op games that I picked up when I was younger. It came out in 1991, so I was still... Well, I was a baby at that point, so I wasn't really playing it. But uh, when I had thumbs... I was then able to play it. Uh, it's a really good game. It's a side-scrolling beat-em-up. Uh, it was developed and published by Sega for the Mega Drive and Genesis in 1991. It was the first entry into the series of Streets of Rage games. I think there is three of them from memory. Yeah, there are. Yeah, and it was awesome. I loved it. I, I think it was quite different at the time. There were games out that were similar, like Golden Axe was a good one. Um, but I think Streets of Rage just kind of caught my attention a lot. And I played it played it a lot as well i don't remember ever finishing it that much but then you know i was probably about three so you know doing anything is is good when you're that age so yeah like in the game golden axe which was released two years prior the enemies basically walk from both sides of the screens and then appearing in different locations it's barely obviously 2d um, and fairly simple in that way you just walk through each scene punch a load of people and then you know that's it <laughs> but it was fun um i enjoyed it i also liked being a, a girl in the game i thought she looked cool i liked her shoes blaze is pretty rad to be yeah. fair and she has the best suplex i've seen what is a suplex Fantastic. uh a suplex is where you uh come up behind someone and like grab them around the waist yes. and then like bend backwards with them and like throw them on the floor yeah i always believe German i could suplex. do that from playing streets of rage but it doesn't really work in real life Not when no you're not strong <laughs> no strength is required to lift somebody yeah funnily but it was enough. it was a great game and it was really fun and it provided hours of entertainment for me and my family but also i will give some background into the story because to be honest i couldn't really remember it i have actually i think i did actually download it for ps3 when it was reported because it was reported quite a lot yeah um but i think it's one of those things where i loved it back then i put it so much back then but then Especially, like, if you download it and then play it by yourself, you're like, well, this isn't as fun. I need to, like, play this with someone to sort of... Yeah, it's definitely a co-op game. Yeah. So, sort of general backstory to it is it introduces the four main characters, which are... Well, it says four. I'm pretty sure it's actually three. I don't know who that fourth person is. Um, Which is Axel, Blaze and Adam. (laughs) A mysterious other character who I don't know. Uh, and yeah, so what the, the sort of backstory is that the peaceful city had been taken over by a criminal syndicate, including faction of the police. So you're like ex-policeman, I guess, trying to just save the world. Uh, so yeah, Axel Blaze and Adam, 
<laughs> Got to admit, Adam is quite a plain name compared to the other ones. <laughs> Axel, Blaze, Adam. <laughs> Sorry Adam. if your name's Adam. I'm not being mean. It's just, just you're not ragey enough for Nikki. You can't be in Streets of Rage. It's I don't know. It's it just, is a bit like having just like a Dave in there. Yeah, Axel, Blaze, like, Axel, Blaze, Skate, <laughs> Dave. Yeah, it, Dave it does feel like pub. that a bit. Yeah, fair. Um, but yeah, so that's that's kind of the general gist of it. And I do know that apparently, when you get to the end and you are playing like the a co-op version, uh, Mr. X who is the bad guy because Mr. X is like always a villain name. I love that. Yeah, it's a good villain name. If you yeah. ever want to make your child a villain, just name him a single letter. <laughs> yeah. So he basically gives you an offer. He's like, you can join my henchmen, so you can have an alternative ending where you basically join him and you can become like his right hand man and then the other player in your team you'll then fight them and apparently that gives you the bad ending so mm. yeah you can kind of do a little it's interesting what do you call it a little betrayal so yeah <laughs> <A> little betrayal <laughs> just a little one <laughs> just a little one so i don't have that many facts it's hard to find facts which i found really interesting because i remember a lot mm. of the characters having quite a lot of like why well, say characters like the enemies having a lot of weird personality kind of looks about them yeah i i have some facts so i can always throw some oh, yeah. of mine in well i'll do mine first because it's right. my number five uh and that is there was a comic book that was released that was about it really that's all the info i've got on that that was uh <laughs> that was it you just had a comic book was released. there was a comic book released at one point based on about, Ridge. about number two right i thought it was number one. Oh, i'm pretty sure it was number two <laughs> doesn't matter there was a comic book release that's my note there was a comic book release so yeah i like it comic um so <laughs> apparently when the game was first developed back in 1990 uh the developer of the game was influenced by electronic dance music specifically house and techno i wanted it to be one of the first games to introduce those kinds of sounds into a video game which i loved i remember it being very like hip-hoppy and r&b and it was quite different and uh i think that really adds to streets of rage like that what's so that's definitely what makes it memorable yeah the soundtrack is great in it yeah you could listen to it another one as well is that apparently a fourth entry in the series is being developed by dot emu lizard cube and guard crush games don't know where the status of that is at the moment but yeah. oh they're still doing pretty well on that one actually you okay. should look at the videos if you've not because it looks really cool um it's kind of a little bit more street fightery kind of graphic style, uh, but looks really fun. Um, cool. Yeah, they've definitely captured that quite well. I, I have think a feeling it's... they gave her a date for release or something like that yeah. recently. I think anyway. as long as it follows the old kind of style, then I'm down. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's, just, yeah. it's a side scroll and beat him up, essentially. So I don't think there's much you can go wrong with. And my last and obviously most important fact is... Apparently there is an unused, higher-pitched version of Adam's voice in the game that can only be accessed with cheat devices. Why it was used is unknown. Oh. It's not that important. Is... I was just I making mean, it seem more important than it was. I mean, it was an interesting one, for sure. I just picture him being, like, when it says high-pitched, just, like, just someone just messing around and just making his voice really high-pitched because it was funny and just leaving it in. Yeah, like a big Michael Jackson of just this giant man just being yeah. like, well, hello, everybody. <laughs> I'm going to punch you in the face. Yeah, so my facts weren't that interesting, really. How are yours? Um, I think mine are fairly interesting. So my fact is uh, the lowest difficulty setting in the overseas versions, uh, easy, cuts out two stages at the very end of the game. So the two last stages are removed, while the Japanese version's equivalent uh, of 
easy are essentially normal and let you play pretty much all of the levels basically in other words you're kind of punished for playing the non-japanese version they're a little bit mocking of uh, any other versions other than japanese thinking that we need it too easy um my other fact was that skate uh the little guy they introduced in the number two with that roller skates was originally called sammy in the japanese version but apparently we just call him skate because you know we're quite simple and we like to see something yeah because he skates and my favorite fact that i left my end is in the u.s version blaze's flying kick pose was altered to censor her underwear because apparently in the japanese version you could see her panties oh sorry i didn't mean to sound so disappointed you sound so <laughs> disappointed do i need to buy you a japanese copy of street fighter otherwise known as bare knuckle i think it's called no. in Japan-, japan i didn't i didn't mean to sound so disappointed it was more just like a ah oh. <laughs> i don't know I am disappointed. What am I saying? Just don't care about I'm my so fact. Upset. Let's uh, let's face it. It's either it's we either one or the other. No, I, I do. I mean, that's that's my kind of fact. I like those facts, the important facts. Yeah, you know, that's why I've left it till last. I think I like, just smack you in the face with that, like <laughs> the sound of hitting someone in a lead pipe. That was a great noise in that game. The lead pipe <laughs> it noise. Was. Just it like, really boop. was. Yeah. Um, so I'm just wondering, do you have any backups to potentially replace your number one with, or are you just going to accept that I stole that from you? I might have to just accept it. So I've got a backup that maybe I can talk about the throw in there when we yeah, get to my number fine. one. But um, I won't have any facts or anything, so no, that'll that's be fine. Anything. Just so that it's you know not as painful when we get to the top five and you don't. It's have gonna. One. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be salty. I'm not gonna lie. That's okay. You might be still one of mine. What's your next one? <laughs> my next one uh again i don't think you're gonna have this one because i've never known you to play it but it is halo no no so halo if you have never heard of it you've never owned an xbox for the past couple of years um oh, is an, i know right just the xbox game it is a first person shooter uh, kind of like a science fiction based one De- originally developed by 343 Industries uh, and oh no, now developed by 343 sorry and used to be developed by Bungie the story basically centers on like a interstellar war between uh, humans and some aliens known as the Covenant or a group of aliens known as the Covenant uh, and they're basically like got a religious leader and prophets and worship an old civilization known as Forerunners who um who were par- like defeated during uh, the flood? Who were like a evil kind of group of aliens, and they kind of come back into play into it and stuff like that. Uh, and you play as Master Chief, um, who I'm sure everyone knows what Master Chief looks like if you play games. But he's like a big man, super soldier thing, uh, who is a Spartan, and who is often followed by his AI companion Cortana. Um, and the main thing really is that you're just running around shooting. Uh, it's a very simple game, but it's very fun simple game um but it is more fun to play as co-op which is how i have played them i've never was never really a big halo fan just uh in single player i'm not a huge shooting like first person shooter player really um so this was one of the games that kind of got me more into that genre of gaming i guess was playing through halo like all the different halo games apart from the last one because they took out co-op and i was super salty almost as salty as i am now but it's just it's a good game to play co-op wise i mean there's obviously the online multiplayer and then local multiplayer kind of things although i have tried to stay away from kind of what i feel are like party lol games you know what i mean Mm. and i've kind of tried to stick a little bit more to stuff you can actually co-op together 
Um, and this is kind of on that line. But I think if you play like the main single campaign, you're more in line with playing a, you know, single player co-op game uh, and following the story along. Um, and it's quite cool. Like I really always liked the design of the aliens and the general law in the game. Like all the covenant and the flood and how everybody looks is just quite interesting. Um, and the way they've built the story over the, you know, the whole arc of the games has been fairly impressive and interesting. So uh, I think definitely think, you know, the middle couple have been more my favorite. Um, but yeah, they've all been the all the ones I've been played have been fun, which is why I have thrown it in there. Yeah, I'm surprised at this one actually. Like, we'd never ever really spoken about Halo, so I didn't know that you'd played it much. I'd only ever really played like I guess the the pilot game, so I just kind of played multiplayer like quite far back in the day, like local multiplayer. So like way back when, and that was about that was all my experience with Halo. I knew that it was it is a good game. I've just personally never got into it. Yeah, so it was kind of the same for me. So like we played the on the original Xbox, we played like the the local multiplayer kind of thing and that was always really fun um and then it was not till later i ended up playing like the whole series um through with co-op and it was just really fun like it was just something different and i don't know whether i'd played a shoot like a first person shooter game that had more like this co-op feel and i can't really think of any others uh like other than like maybe one or two um where i really enjoyed you know being in another room with someone playing a shooter game it doesn't really happen like normally it is just end up centering around multiplayer so uh this is kind of why i liked it because it has that kind of extra bit onto it um i'm terrible at driving any vehicle in this game i don't know what it is i cannot drive them banshees warthogs scorpion i just can't do it i'm so terrible so that's also why i like having it as a multiplayer because i then don't have to like drive drive. yeah i can just (laughs) sit on the top and shoot i've just never been very good at it especially in like video it's like gta i can't drive in gta it just never happens um but yeah that's kind of it for halo there's not much to say because i think it's quite well known by people who game uh and if you don't i would say if you you know don't really play a lot of first person shooters i would recommend trying this one with a friend and seeing if you kind of get into it because it definitely like turned me around on it for sure i think i've got like a couple of facts but nothing nothing crazy but you've just said you just played like the multiplayer and stuff you've never really played the yeah i just played like the local multiplayer like Mm. quite a while ago so i think it would have been um either xbox original or xbox 360 yeah but that yeah, so a couple generations really. back. Yeah, that's yeah. good. We'll have to try it. I think I've got the Master Chief Collection here, so we'll have to go through it. And the cool thing about the Master Chief Collection, actually, is where they redid 1 and 2, like they um, remastered it, it's got a feature in which I think all remastered games should have, where you can toggle between the old, old view and the new view, oh, so you yeah, can kind of see that. how different it looks. Yeah. And I just really want them to do that for like every... Uh, remade game because it's just great you kind of think like oh this is you know what it looks like this is how it's always kind of looked and then you can just press a button and remind yourself that actually no this just looked like a tube <laughs> like with a some turd. dots on it yeah just looks like a turd with some dots so yeah that is one thing for that um but my facts are in halo 3 there is a hidden area at the beginning of the last campaign level and in there is a 2D image of a man wearing nothing but gym short- shorts. 
he has been dubbed the half-naked man or half-naked guy uh, by the internet. And this man is the Bungie co-founder Jason Jones. Apparently can also see this during a cutscene in Halo 2. But there's just a half-naked guy in uh, in the last campaign level. It's random. Yeah, I liked that one. One of my other facts is uh, in Halo 4, if you aim a hologram at a dead body, there is a chance that that hologram will teabag it. Because that's kind of where <laughs> teabagging came from, was Halo. And in the PC version of Halo 2, uh, it was delayed from release because an image of a man who is one of the developers, again, is seen mooning the camera and exposing his butt in the game data and is an error known as dot ass. (laughs) I respect that. He just felt like he needed to expose his ass. Yeah, and I like that that's a second thing as well. Like, two uh, developers are in Halo somewhere, like, kind of naked. So I feel like this is a thing. I feel like this is something that happened, which just like, I'm just going to creep into this uh, creep into this game naked. It's kind of like me sticking your face onto a pig, Nikki. I mean... One day in one of the games it will happen. One of those things could be attractive and the other one is not. It's true. By that I mean my face on a pig is attractive. Always. I have many dreams. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I like when they just stick random shit in the game for people to find. It's yeah. fun. Yeah, you have to think a couple times when you see things like that in games. Uh, yeah, that's my that's my number four. Short and sweet, Halo. Cool. That's a good pick. I'm glad it was mentioned, because I know it's a very popular couch co-op game. So, yeah. unfortunately, I just never... There's just some things I just have never gotten into, and that is one of them. But maybe yeah. I will change that one day. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. Yes. Right, now it's my number four. It is. What more uh, of my list are you going to steal now? <laughs> Well, my number four is one that I'm possibly going to steal from you. So prepare yourself. And that is Overcooked. Oh! (laughs) Motherfucker, you've done it again! You're going to steal, like, my entire list! And the funny thing is, you introduced me to Overcooked. I know, which is why I knew you'd have it, which was why I thought this one might be one. But I didn't think you were going to steal my number one. And now (laughs) you've stolen my number three. So, yeah, this is the one I was about to talk about next. Yeah. So... You carry on. Take I will. my number three. So Overcooked is a great game that Steph introduced me to. <sighs> it is a cooking simulation game developed by Ghost Town Games and published by Team 17. Uh, so yeah, with this game, you basically take the role of a chef in a kitchen preparing meals, making shit, preparation of ingredients, cooking, cleaning, all under like a specific time limit to, and to complete basically as many meals as possible. And... So you also have to work together because it is a team game because we are doing coach, you know, coach. Coach (laughs) Coach co-op. Coach co-ops, couch co-ops. And yeah, so you and whoever else you're playing with, I think it's up to four players, can can make some meals and get very stressed in doing so. So this game, Steph, as I said, introduced me to it. And I remember it was when you were living in Birmingham and I came to visit you and you were like, hey check out this cool awesome game and I was like hey this looks pretty cool and then all I wanted to do that entire weekend is play this game yeah you would not leave we were like (laughs) I swear we had something to do that weekend as well and you were just like no every time I got back from doing anything I was like right overcooked and you'd already like played a ton of these levels and you probably didn't want to play them again but I was just so demanding I was like I want to cook (laughs) I need to cook I need my kitchen my business is failing we need to go (laughs) So yeah, so we, we started a business, I forced her to cook for me, and it was wonderful. 
<laughs> and I had a great weekend. And I stole it, it five years later. Or however long it game. was. Um, I actually have a quite a fun story that I'm just going to throw in with yours. Was just that we. It's a good game to have at parties as well. You know, you always just have like something on at like a house party. Uh, so we thought this would be a good icebreaker party to put on in the background and you kind of have to team up a little bit with people in the like when we were playing and uh uh, yeah we uh we had two guys and they'd never met before other than this party and we paired them together and by the end of it one was just screaming into the face of the other about (laughs) tomatoes and chopping and fire and the poor, the poor other guy was just, just one of the most mild-mannered, lovely people. And this other man was just screaming into his face for about half an hour. And we thought, this is a great way for people to meet each other. I mean, to be fair, with this game, I think you're one or one of two people. You're either the one that just kind of gets along with it and just functions as a normal human, or you're the screaming one. And I'm definitely the screaming one. And the yeah, one that swears a lot and upsets the other one. <laughs> I do remember playing it in a group with you, Nikki, and there was a lot of us in the kitchen. I think we were like a full kitchen, and I think one person was just in particular trying to mess up the whole thing, so everyone was screaming at each other. <laughs> Fucking chop the tomatoes. Sort your life out. It is weird how invested you get about soup. Yeah. I think one of the more stressful levels for me as well is the ice one. Mm. I remember that if anyone ever pisses me off while playing the ice one, I think it was nearly my brother once I was playing with, he <laughs> got very angry at me because normally I'm the angry one. I can't take it when someone else is getting angry at me. So I decided just to grab all of the fish and just keep throwing them into the water. <laughs> Spiteful. <laughs> I show I like him. It. <laughs> we lost. Are you happy? Yes. <laughs> you did this. This is you. This is your fault. To be fair, the ice ones, there's nothing worse than when you're, like, trying to rush across water because there's <laughs> levels moving and stuff and you've got to try and do obstacles while holding plates of, like, fish. And you're like, finally, I've got the right order because it takes you forever. And then you just fall into the lake in the middle of the thing yeah. with the dish. It's quite an upsetting game, really. It is. It breaks now, friendships. It's all coming back to me now. All those dishes I've lost. Man. Do I really like this game? Is this a game know. that I enjoy? But uh, let's take it back a little bit to the actual story of the game because I realised I didn't write the plot down. All I remember was there was a king onion and he was maybe another onion that was trying to eat you and there was a, a king onion. I don't even know. <laughs> so as far as I can remember, it starts off... And I think there's a flying spaghetti monster who's taken over the world and the king onion uh, basically takes you back in time uh, and says, like, hey, we're taking you back into time so you can stop the spaghetti monster from taking over the world. And then you have to set off and complete your way and complete all the orders for some reason. I can't remember why you have to do this as chefs. It's one of those games where you don't really pay attention much to the story. No, you don't need to know. You just need to cook. Yeah. <laughs> you do need to cook. <laughs> until the end of time or until someone chucks you out of their house. Yeah, until they basically just go, you need to leave me now. <laughs> no more overcooked. So uh, I found the sort of development quite interesting. So it was developed by Phil Duncan and Ollie Devine. I think I've said that right. Uh, and it's quite interesting because I, I found out that the kitchen setting was based on Duncan's past experience as a chef. So mm-hmm. he said, according well, according to him, he said kitchens have always struck him as a perfect analogy for cooperative games. Uh, it's like an occupation where teamwork, time management, spatial awareness and shouting are all very vitally important. So yes, shouting, very important. 
Yeah, I'm glad we've followed that rule. (laughs) So the initial level designs were created to emphasise the need to work together. So, like, I think that's why they put the barrier in, is so that, like it kind of encourages you to work together so there's some some points where if you you know you pass someone a burger bun it's easier than going all the way around so it kind of encourages you to work together for better or for worse definitely have you played the second one at all no i want to i need to but i just can't at the moment condone purchasing it yeah i'm uh, i really want to buy it um i think i might get it for the switch uh but i know See the moment i do that nikki will not leave my house for a week so <laughs> you'll literally you'll immediately buy it you'll just literally <laughs> click purchase and you'll hear like a little <laughs> Hello. you won't knock you'll just walk straight in and be like right off we go <laughs> i'm joking <laughs> oh god yeah i'll be there ready to cook with my little fork yeah <laughs> To get ready to stab me when I don't think they do the thing they want. Nikki, you don't even need a fork. It's a game. <laughs> You're ruining I, the mood. I can eat it if I want. <laughs> um, but also, my other fact is that <laughs> apparently it was built um, in Philip. In sorry, <laughs> I like how I've gone from just calling this guy so many different names. Um, I'm just going to call him Phil now. <laughs> You're on first name basis, it's fine. You know, it's, Phil. I spoke about him once and I was just like, yeah, Philly. So they uh, they made it in Phil's front room. It took nearly 18 months to develop. And then wow. it was developed by Team 17. And then it also yeah. won an award, which was the best debut game award at the TIGA ceremony in London. So nice. go Phil and Go Ollie. Phil indeed. And yeah. I, I, to be fair, it's a very interesting game. I think um, I was weirdly talking about today at work with one of my work people and they were basically saying like oh i'd never tried it before and then now i've tried it i'm super into it um and he was just saying how much fun he had and he remembered me talking to him about it and kind of you know praising praising the overcooked as i do and he was like yeah i just didn't didn't sound like a good game because you're thinking like oh it's you know it's a it's a group kind of party lol game but it's not it's a really fun game to play with like just one other person because you generally do get really invested and you know it's quite a simple game really so yeah it's just you like you said, it's all about teamwork more facts as well weirdly no i couldn't find like any facts to find out about this game so yeah. you you've beat me on that well um it is on playstation plus now as far as i'm aware it is it's free on playstation plus yeah. right now so go download it because we've just promoted it yeah there you go. <laughs> can i have some royalties please and if you don't have playstation then go find your friend who does and take over their living room and demand them to cook with you yeah take advice from nikki bring a fork because apparently you need it <laughs> you do i won't really explain why just have it in case it's for stabbing <laughs> people in the eyes when they don't cook properly yeah that's the real fork just to jab them a bit when they're not doing their job <laughs> why aren't you watching the soup i want more <laughs> onions <Yeah. laughs> anyway yeah so go download it if you have friends if you don't have friends and you can play it by yourself too you can so as i saw your number three have you got anything else to uh to use for your um, number three well uh i'm just gonna throw something in there it might not be a particularly great one but i'm just gonna throw some stuff in there um and the thing that i'm gonna throw in there is called uh lovers in a dangerous space time ah do you ever play that game no but i've just downloaded it on my playstation oh that's very interesting i had it from playstation plus i think and i noticed that it came up on a lot of moving games lists so when i was doing research well, it's both kind of thing. It's a moving game. It's also a 
like game you kind of have to play with someone so i'd recommend uh you know waiting until you have someone with you and then starting it because you basically um it's kind of like you're a little person and you have a little spaceship and you're kind of trying to maneuver this spaceship through uh i guess you know did you ever play spore and you know when you're kind of like trying to move through like a cave or something like that i guess or like echo more like echo the dolphin and you're trying to move through the cave and try not to hit the sides and stuff you basically kind of got to do that with your spaceship um and there are things that will try and eat you and fly at you and shoot at you and then other things to collect and you kind of just maneuver your spaceship around um but you kind of have to work together because you've got um like your weapons on like the top and the bottom and then you've got um some like thrusters around and like other things you have to move around your ship to collect um and like work on so you kind of need someone to shoot if an enemy's coming near but then you might also need someone to uh hold the shield up so that you know you're not taking any damage and it's kind of a little bit like that you're trying to manage stuff around the ship by like you know running up and down it uh so it's very much a co-op game uh in that level and it's really bright and colorful um but it also tells quite a nice story between you know you and your little companion and trying to get through uh like all the space and stuff all the weird kind of spacey stuff that's happening um so yeah i really recommend it i've played it with you know one other person i've never tried to play it on my own i think it'd be quite difficult if i'm honest but um, i won't play it by myself yeah i would i would try it with someone else i think it's worth waiting to try and kind of do especially because yeah there's just so much going on and so much stuff you need to like run up and down for and maneuver around and things like that with uh you really feel like i think you're gonna need like an extra pair of hands um and the like boss fights and stuff at the end there's like one bit where you fight a giant bear i think because all the bosses are kind of based on um constellations so the first bear you fight is called like ursa minor or ursa major i think technically um but yeah it's a really fun game i don't really have much else to say for it because it's just kind of like a thrown in number three um but yeah it's a good it's a fun game it's very different looking game with the colors and stuff uh yeah it's good cool it's a good one apologies as well that's okay i uh i'll uh I'll let you. I'll let you. I'll let you go. So you've still got your number two intact for now. For now, I still have number two. So I mean, I can uh, keep just trying to ramble on about um, lovers in a dangerous space time, no, or no, you fine. can I'm you can go with your number three. Number two. I'm on a, well, you're on gonna, a roll. You're on number three, surely. Yeah, but I'm going to try and steal your number two. Oh, I see. Yeah, carry on. So, my number three is Left for Dead. Oh. No, I don't yeah. have Left 4 Dead. And I completely angry. forgot about Left 4 Dead. Yeah. I was because I was worried. It was more of a sigh of relief that you didn't oh. steal another one of my games, quite <laughs> I frankly. I it was like an angry, oh, No, but I'm kind of a little bit annoyed at myself for not thinking about Left 4 yeah. Dead. Left 4 Dead's great. Yeah, I, I love this game. So I sort of came to me when I was thinking about like some of the best times I've had playing couch games. And, and Left 4 Dead is definitely one of them. I've namely done number one because although I do remember number two, I think number one sticks in my mind a lot more. So, Left 4 Dead, for anyone that doesn't know, is a cooperative first-person shooter video game by Valve and published by Valve Corporation. And it's effectively, you know, standard zombie game to an extent. It is set during the aftermath of a worldwide zombie outbreak and you take the control of one of four players or four survivors 
and if like normally you do play as like a group of people if, if they're there but if not then the other people will be controlled by basically ai and it's so fun because at this point in time i think when it was released there wasn't really anything like it in my opinion there you know the way it was it was so story based like how you run through the map like how you had to escape the zombies it felt very movie like and i loved that like something out of a zombie movie it was awesome so the infected are they are your standard zombie but they are fast and they have been infected like like a rabies like virus that causes psychosis some of them won't look as zombie-ish as you think a lot of them weirdly say like i don't know they i don't think they look that zombie-ish but then you get other ones which are like really fucking zombie-ish and i loved it i played it a lot when i was younger with like family i think i also played it a lot with you yeah i remember playing a lot with you we got quite addicted to it this was before the time that i really played online but you could do that if you wanted to i remember in the second one there was modes where you could play as like the zombies and stuff potentially i think yeah there's lots of different things i think i mostly yeah i'm the same i mostly just played the kind of group one i don't think we ever really ventured online or anything like that yeah but the bits i did for that were really fun but yeah, it was really, really fun because it does requ- it requires a lot of cooperation as well. So um, a lot of the time if someone goes down, you have to revive them. And a lot of the time you have to go out of your way to revive them. Sometimes you just know that they're fucking goners. Like you just go, no, I'm not going to help you. You're surrounded by a bunch of zombies. Fuck that. But sometimes you can help them. And if you don't help them and they die, they appear in a closet. And then you go take them from the closet, which is a bit weird. That was always really strange that you just popped up back in a closet. Yeah. But I like it. Um, so yeah, it was, it was very reliant on that. It was also quite reliant on like throwing like health packs at each other or healing each other and, and generally just protecting each other, which I think is why it felt very different. I don't know. Like I feel like you get co-op games in the past, but at that point I didn't feel like you got many like this where it was very much like team effort healing each other. And I know it was just really good. It was a really good, I think it was before its time. Yeah, definitely. It was nothing really, I don't remember anything being like it around and stuff before this uh and even zombie games like you know it's kind of the start of the big era of zombie stuff shit i've just (laughs) (laughs) is there a zombie there yeah i'm being attacked i'm being attacked and i'm not just throwing things off of my desk (laughs) (laughs) um yeah like there were a few zombie games like dead rising was about but it was nothing like this i think this was maybe one of the first cooperative zombie games i could be wrong but from memory yeah, I'm kind of with you. I don't really remember any from there, but maybe it's just kind of the ones I didn't play. Yeah. This was definitely a good one. It was, and it was scary too. I remember feeling very scared at points. And there was a few different types of enemies. So along with your standard zombie, you got a few other zombies. So you got the boomer, which I think was the one that was really fat, and you shoot him and he explodes juices everywhere, and then that calls loads of zombies in. The hunter, which I think he kind of just jumps on you. Yeah, and kind of slashes you up a little bit. The smoker, who I think just had a really long tongue and he'd like stick you with his tongue. Oh yeah, he'd like choke you with it. The tank, which was just like a big, big, big guy who would just like storm in and smash shit. And then you got the witch, who was the scariest, one of, I think, one of the creepiest video game enemies in a game. 
Yeah, just because you never... I think it was always the anticipation that made it worse with her because the you'd idea was crying. that she... Yeah. yeah, you'd hear her uh, and maybe you couldn't see her, but if you shone a light at her or if you disturbed her in kind of any way, she'd then start screaming and like just run at you and then tear mm. you to pieces with her weird long fingernails. Uh, and she was like really strong as well, so she pretty much would kill you before anyone could get rid of her. But it was just that you could just faintly hear her weird crying and you yeah. couldn't find her anywhere and then suddenly you'd hear her be set off and you'd be like oh god I think that was an incredible mechanic in my opinion like that you know things like the boomer and the liquor or whatever smoker they they didn't freak me out but like when you heard that faint cry not knowing where she was for me like that was I think that was incredible I I think that was like one of the best definitely one of the best things I've seen in a game because she genuinely freaked you out it's almost like the not seeing them but just hearing them that makes something quite scary I find yeah i agree definitely and i think as well i think the only one other zombie that disturbed me a little bit was the jockey even though he was fairly easy to get rid of he was just a bit creepy like do you remember him no, he was I think really he might have been from two. Oh, well, maybe he was definitely the small one and he had like a little laugh and then he'd jump on your back and kind of like steer you around and oh. he'd like try and pull you off in towards <laughs> the other zombies yeah that's why he's called the jockey then makes sense yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember the <laughs> Surprisingly, second one. As much. They named him well, <laughs> but they uh, they actually did remove a few concepts. So they uh, they had a few that that were potentials, but they didn't they didn't get through to the uh, the main game. And that was mm. one of them was an infected with a large colony of rats bursting from its stomach, likely to be found in the sewer. Disgusting. Oh, gross. Yeah. Another one was a slow but strong giant called Meat Wall, who resembles a cross. <laughs> Wait, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> resembles a oh no he resembles a cross between a boomer and a tank i was like that's weird how does a zombie resemble a cross he's just constantly <laughs> got his arms out like that's my name scary. is jesus Imagine and i'm just here. running at you just with arms out i'm a cross oh. but his legs would have to be really close together as well so well, he'd have scary. like running on his toes take note horror video game makers yeah make <laughs> the cross man uh another one that was called claws which is possibly intended to be a male version of the witch. Again, scary, but a male version crying doesn't freak me out as much for some reason. <laughs> uh, an infected pig named Hellhog was also likely intended to be used, but wasn't. Yeah, don't know much about mm, that. But Hellhog, uh, <laughs> interesting. Another special character, the Screamer, was an infected tied to a straitjacket and heard by its maniacal cackling. He would not attack, but he would run away if spotted, and when he found a safe hiding place, he would emit a scream that would attract a horde of zombies to attack the survivors, which does sound terrifying. That does sound scary. Yeah, that's kind of in the same vein, right? Like, you just hear it and then know something horrible. But then he doesn't attack you, so that doesn't freak me out as much, but the maniacal laughing is freaky. But yeah. it seemed the director found him to be too stressful in game, apparently, especially if he was in a large crowd. So they removed him. Um, but it seems that they may have used his horde attracting power um, to turn the sort of the boomer into the character that he was. Because obviously, oh, when, he, yeah. when he explodes, he like attracts all of the the zombies. Those damn zombos, zombies. <laughs> yeah. Um, but sort of going on to the kind of like the video game zombie era. Apparently, in chapter two of the Passing campaign, there is apparently graffiti on the wall referencing Dead Rising's Frank West. It reads, Otis, mm. out of film, no helicopters, zombies too fast, not going to make it, Frank West. So that's cool. 
That is cool. I've never been a big uh, Dead Rising player, but it always looked fun. I I liked it. I, I think I always found it as a bit of a novelty. Yeah, that's fair. I I did enjoy it, but I think it was in one of those games that I never played for too long, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. I think that would have been mine. I think it would have been great fun to play at someone's house as like a turn, but I don't think I ever really would have put much time into it myself. Yeah. Yeah, I think Left 4 Dead, though, is one of the only games where there are zombies and it doesn't freak me out. Like, there are freaky parts in it, but I do okay. I think because you're joined by other people, you feel a little bit more like it was fun. And I was never a big horror game player before that either. And I think that kind of started to introduce me to horror not being the most terrifying thing that it is that I find anyway. I realise I've forgotten all the main people's names and that's annoyed me. I know it was Zoe. Bill? It was Lewis. Bill! Bill. Um, yeah. Sorry, how could I forget Bill? I think I mentioned him in a past episode. Yeah, it's um, one of our voice clips. I think Lewis says, yeah, I don't think you ever put it, you don't ever put it in there. I asked you to put that voice line in. I want you to find it for this episode. All I'll right. put it in right here. Bill! See, isn't that great? Okay. So it's yeah. funny because it's just literally just the way that Lewis says Bill, but for some reason it just it always killed me. Yeah, you did find that funny. It would be really inappropriate times you'd find that funny. It would just be like, a horde is coming, and there would be Nikki being like, make him say it again. Real. (laughs) Real. Um, Anyway, in in relation to the characters, apparently in the original storyline, there was a side element in which Francis and Zoe develop a relationship. I paused them because I was like, oh, is it Lewis or is it Francis? Shit, I don't know. Maybe I've got it wrong. Um, Anyway, sorry, detracting. Uh, there was an original storyline in which Francis and Zoe develop a relationship with one another. However, test mm-hmm. audiences found their romance to be distracting from the main storyline. And so it was cut, which, you know, that's sad. Poor Zoe that is, Francis. It is a bit sad. But honestly, I don't really remember there being a storyline. I think when it comes to... Because I remember playing it in quite a big group. It was always normally trying to play it with like four of us or something like that. So... I think, like, trying to follow a story when you're all just, like, trying to run around shoot stuff was always quite difficult. I mean, it's probably not the best time to start a romance when you're running from, like, zombies. Yeah, I mean, where are you going to go on a date? Well, exactly. I feel like, you know, I feel like Bill would have just turned around and been like, hey, guys, stop this shit. I'm Bill. Bill's had enough of your shit. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, that's all my facts, really. Oh, wait, no, I've got one more fact. Oh, go for it. I saved the most important facts till last. Dun, dun, dun. And that is, if you look closely enough at the pain pills, you can see that they are clearly Target brand. Whoa. That's some product placement for Target. Yep. And on that shocking note, I'm done. <laughs> That's a fantastic fact. Um, yeah. I love that we always, our favourite facts are either the really pointless ones or they have something to do with sex. Yeah. Pretty Good. much. Yeah, I'm glad we follow a, a rule. Um, I guess it's my number two, if you're done. I'm done. This is like my only one I have left that I actually have facts on. So let's see if I can steal one of Nikki's. And my number two is Rayman Legends slash Origins. No, but I'm oh. so, so glad you said this because I was going to include it, but I didn't want to because we I feel like we've spoken about this loads and I was like... I'm not gonna. I'm like. I'm gonna put it in as a backup because I feel like I have to mention it because it is one of the best co-op games. But also, I don't want to because I'm bored of it. Yeah, I think. Although I was trying to think of when we've other spoken about it, and I could only think of one time where we I think spoke it was about it. just because I once put Rayman in. I think maybe my top PS one or something. Maybe I mentioned it, but I don't know why. I just felt like we'd mentioned. I think it was because it was a crossover potentially. 
Yeah, I think it was a two. It was a two D platformer episode. I think that I remember mentioning in it, and, and I'm not going to talk too long about it because I know we have done it for that episode. But I feel like it's, and I'm going to probably talk more about Origins than Legends because I think we focused on Legends last time. Um, and Origins was kind of where it revamped itself and kind of became the thing that it is. So I just, I don't know what it is. It was a platformer developed by Ubisoft Montreal, and. It's typical side-scroller, much like the original, which is why I think it does such a good job of, uh, I don't know, of capturing that old feeling from the original, but maybe tweaking some of it so it's not quite as difficult, because obviously the original was super difficult. Uh, And this kind of moves it forward and makes it more friendly and adds in extra players, kind of like Mario, like 3D World and that kind of thing, where you can play with up to four people. Again, I've mentioned the art style before, so I won't talk too much about that. Um, but it's just a very pretty, it's kind of almost dream-like and storybookish. Um, and it's just got that kind of nice colour palette and stuff to it. And everything is kind of on that 2D plane, but has a 3D-esque feel. So it doesn't feel so static. And you kind of just travel through each level, fighting enemies and rescuing little teensies and electoons or whatever the little tiny things are called, lums and collecting lums. I don't know what it is about these games. I think it's just interesting kind of mechanics where you just get to, you know, you get your new abilities, you kind of run up walls and glide and get to swim and you get weird shrinking things, which plays around with your size, which I think is quite a unique thing. And everyone always likes riding the mosquito around because there's that kind of like going across just shooting stuff and eating them and yeah and i always remember my favorite levels on the origins one was the ones we had to chase the chest uh like across like a you had to like kind of do a series of like really quick platforming and you were chasing this chest and the music in it has just forever stuck in my head uh <laughs> and it's like do 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 and then a banjo hits and it just kicks <laughs> off that's your jam that's my jam and I just remember it got so stuck in my head because it was one of those levels where you just kind of keep you kept trying to redo it because it was kind of like a timed thing and you would get further sometimes you'd be like okay so I know that part now and then you'd get further another time so you'd be like okay I know this whole section so I should be able to do it uh and yeah it was it was just really funny i just remember them being really frustrating but really fun to do at the same time which i think is the kind of nice thing about platformers is you kind of get that fun frustration rather than really annoyed frustration yeah i'm I'm really glad that it's been mentioned because i feel like it would have been wrong to not mention rayman legends and rayman origins as well is kind of in there too because they are like such blasts from the past i think that would you know you don't those kind of games like although they are kind of blast from the past because they're couch cards and they're split screen they shouldn't necessarily be because there's still a need for that and i think it just perfectly captured that kind of game style and it did it so well in like a modern era and i loved it like i had so much fun on it and i still kind of want to go back to it and sort of redo it all over again and just because it's just so fun like to play with people and yeah it's a great game yeah i genuinely just still every so often i still have it uh, i think it's installed on my xbox and it's just every so often i just go on there and i play it if i'm just looking for a really easy fun game to play where i can kind of just tune out there's always levels for me to do on it like especially when legends where you can go back and then do origins as, as well like i'm just determined to platinum that game eventually but it's yeah it's very fun and like you said it's, it did such a good job of capturing that feeling of playing with a friend yeah 
Um, and I think, again, it's a nice game that you could probably play with. It's a, you know, it's a kid-friendly game. So you could play with, you know, younger siblings or, you know, your kids or, you know, people you look after and that kind of thing. Like, it's a good, it's a game I can imagine having, like, uh, a nephew over and playing it with and it being, like, a fun game for him to try and do as well because it's not, um... I don't know, it's not something that's super challenging, but also it doesn't make it, like, super easy and babyish I mean, some levels it's fucking hard, I'm not going to lie. I know. It is hard, but I think because you can kind of save each other and, like, help each other out and stuff, it's kind of more... Yeah. It's more in that realm. And I think as well, like, you have a choice in whether how challenging you want it to be, because, like, me, I was, like, determined to, to get all of the lums and do all the time trials and stuff. Yeah. But, you know, you don't have to do that, but it's there, like, if you want more of the challenge. And that is bloody difficult a lot of them yeah definitely which is great because i like it because otherwise it's boring so that's fine yeah exactly you can kind of scale your difficulty depending on what you want to do um and all the free levels they give you they just do you time trials and i think they're still uploading new time trials which is just you know that's really yeah. nice um so my facts are mostly again based on origins because i wanted to talk more about that this time uh and origins was originally going to be an episodic title because of kind of when episodic stuff was first kind of introduced so i think people were thinking about it like as more an interesting way to release stuff but it was later to changed into kind of the form that we know now where it was made into a full game rather than a little episodic because i don't quite know how it would have worked as an episode kind of based thing but mm, hey yeah. yeah it kind of only works really with like story based things and also on the kind of story aspect of it it was kind of supposed to be a sequel to the first rayman that explained the plot a little bit more between the first game and the second uh however it eventually ended up just taking place somewhere after the second game uh and before anything else have i think in number three uh but it's interesting because i never really think about it having much of a plot like we're saying but there is uh obviously some bits in there where it explains like where characters and stuff have come from and things like that so we just have a little bit more than you think which is quite cool cool mm. <laughs> is that it yeah that's um oh. that's my number two to be fair yeah rayman has appeared quite a few times so yeah that's cool we love the rayman yeah it's a very pretty fun game so i would recommend if you haven't checked it out or if you didn't want to check it out or you want to learn more about it you can listen to it on our 2d platform episode Yes, and we also talk about the original one at some point, potentially in the PS1 games too. Yes. So, does that mean that we're on to my number two? We are on to your number two. Okay. I don't think we... Well, we can't have any crossovers because I've... Yeah, you can't steal any more of my stuff. Yeah. That's good. I'm sure you're going to be back one day in another top five. (laughs) So, my number two is a game that I've been itching to mention in every top five because I love it. And that is Toe Jam and Earl oh nice the first one so yeah i really grew up on this game i adored it when i was younger on the mega drive i would always like beg my sister and brother to play it with me and i remember at one time i think that's potentially when my gaming addiction really delved when i was probably about eight seven and i remember just like waking up at maybe like 10 p.m like i was supposed to be in bed but stupidly my parents put my tv in like my bedroom with the mega drive those fools and uh, I remember just, like, turning it on and just, like, playing it. For some reason, I think I was listening to, like, my now something, 98 CD or something. Maybe nice, it was Britney classic. Spears, not sure. Just, yep. just rocking out to that, playing some Toe Jam and Earl, just trying to, like, get all the presents. But anyway, I'm I'm divulging a bit too much there. 
So if you don't know, Toe Jam and Earl was an action game developed by Johnson Raw Sanger Productions and published by Sega for the Sega Genesis slash Mega Drive in 1991. And it centres on two weird aliens, one of them called Toe Jam, the other one called Earl, and they are alien rappers who have crash landed on Earth. Uh, a weird Earth, not the Earth that you'd imagine. Mm. And uh, basically they just, they're attempting to escape... So players assume the role of either character. I was always Earl. Don't know why. I just nice. I liked Earl. I just feel Wait, like which Toe one Jam is too cool. Earl is the the big pink one. Big. I uh, know he's yellow. The oh yeah, the starfish. The, I don't. Know why I think I was yellow. He's not a starfish. He's an alien. You think he looks like Patrick, don't you? That's what you're I saying. I do. I think I'm image. I think I've just merged the two. <laughs> to be fair, I wouldn't be surprised if the creator of Patrick from SpongeBob SquarePants did actually get inspired by Earl because they're quite similar yeah they they just have a, a belly that's what's what you're saying and you know he's got like a pointy head and pointy arms and legs yeah kind of he's more squishy yeah but anyway <laughs> they were cool rappers toe jam was like an octopus type thing and Earl yeah. was not quite sure but uh yeah apparently what the, it was very heavily influenced by a game called Rogue, and it took such things like the random generation of levels and items uh, for the game, which I think was was one of my favorite things about it. Generally, they're they're looking for their wrecked spacecraft, and they have to collect all the pieces of their spacecraft to to put it together. For some reason, there's elevators on each of the planets to like go up and down. Like I said, not it's based on Earth, but that's a that's a weird kind of Earth. I don't really want to live in that Earth. Mm. And uh, and yeah, it references a lot of 1980s and early 90s urban culture and is set to a very funky soundtrack. Nice. I like so, it. I love Toe Jam There's something very special about it. For me, it was just such a favourite game as a kid because I just I think I just loved the, the presents. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I loved opening the presents and getting like, you know, Icarus wings or like high tops and just i don't know just doing shit i just i just adored it it was just a great game yeah did you play it's, it it's fair to be fair so i don't think i've played the first one properly i think i played a little bit of it but i always played number two which is a very different game yeah so but i, I really, really loved it see i loved it because it was kind of in the same realm as like chuck rock and those kind of things and that's yeah. what i was super into on the mega drive but um yeah i i since i know because they redid it uh like remastered uh, so I keep meaning to get it because I think I would really enjoy it. But yeah, I just never really played it that much. Yeah, I didn't really play two. Um, I don't know. I where it was very different. It was more like a side scroller. I think. Yeah. I, I think maybe I played it a couple of times. I think I might have got it when I was younger. But I for me it wasn't the same as the first one. It was very different. Um, mm, you know, I'm yeah. sure it was fine as its own game. But for me, I was always just stuck on the first one. I just I liked the mechanics of the first one. I just I just thought you know that that was just for me and. Uh, and yeah, so they did actually, they did make it another one, but it, it wasn't, it's not a remake. It, as far as I'm aware, because I, I, it's on my list to buy and I will buy it. And like when it came out like recently, I think it was March, I was determined to get it. But at the moment I just, unfortunately I cannot afford it. And I've got quite a lot of games to play. So, <laughs> but I will, and I'm excited for it. But I think it is like an entirely new game, but just set on the mechanics of the first one. So like yeah. having to island top and pick up presents and get, you know nearly murdered by weird enemies that they've created or not enemies some of them are kind of helpful yeah that's cool so i know it's gonna sound weird to you but there were some really weird enemies that kind of scarred me for life 
Oh, good. And one Always of them fun. is, so there's a post box system, right, where you can go up to this post box and you can buy some presents. So the presents obviously always contain something that will help you get along. So, you know, if you're lucky, you might get like roller skates or something. But sometimes the blue post box isn't what it seems. Sometimes mm. it's a monster that goes blah, 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 blah. And it's really scary because it tries to kill you. Oh, and you le- you don't expect terrifying. it that was a really good impression by the way I'm very proud of that um, <laughs> you go up to it because you're like oh presents and then he like does that and comes to life and like attacks you scarring um, there was a mad scientist he was hilarious I think I think it was a mad scientist it was like a crazy trolley woman she would just run with her like children in the trolley this is all from memory I haven't actually looked this up I really should have done research on these characters but there was no facts about them so I'm just trying my hardest to just to haunting uh, images yeah. that you have in your brain nice I think there was like a wizard that shouted hallelujah. I don't know. I'm probably like pooping on the game now because this is all from my weird twisted memory of the game. Um, but that post box, nightmares. Well, I'm glad this uh, post box has scarred you so much. <laughs> I'm going off on one again. So I've got some facts. Some of them are a bit random. Uh, one of them is that once the ship remains have been found and Toe Jam and Elle head back to their home planet, there is a green alien with blonde hair and blue eyes who is all by herself. When the player gets close to her, she'll say, no hedgehogs around here. It's obviously a reference to Sonic the Hedgehog. Don't really understand why, but you know. No no hedgehogs. I guess Sega. (laughs) In the era it was in. I just don't know why. I don't know. You know, that's a thing. It's a thing that they put in the game. One of my favourite parts of the game is when you finish it. I'd say spoilers, but you're not really going to be that gutted. You get to like, um, I remember there's an island and it's right at the bottom. And uh, I don't even know if this is the end island, but there is definitely an island where there's a jacuzzi and a lady's in the jacuzzi and you get to go in the jacuzzi with a lady and it's very exciting. I'm glad that that uh, was so exciting for you. Oh, yeah. No, I think it is the end. And then you get to go to the bar and you drink lots of alcohol and you're like burping a lot. And then you go in the jacuzzi for a bit and you come out again, go to the bar, have some drinks, get back in the jacuzzi. And that's literally the end. I mean, that sounds like a good ending for life, really. That's what I'd like to do all day. It's just... Yeah drink at a bar and sit in a jacuzzi that will so. be in my top five video game endings yeah <laughs> spoiler it's gonna be the best <laughs> ending ever so uh some more facts as well because i realize i'm babbling on about toe jam now is that uh greg johnson who created the game is fairly renowned for making stuff up about the game development that fans and journalists accept as fact i like this i like yeah. that he makes things up and just says yeah that happened yeah, this is this is going to be in the game. <laughs> so he actually claimed that Toe Jam and Earl were originally named Flo Jam and Whirl. <laughs> but the man coding their names misheard them and wrote in Toe Jam and Earl. So Greg later admitted this wasn't true in a Twitch stream. So yeah, just, I mean, just did it for the lols. Yeah, I was going to say. And I like that it's just such a like harmless little kind of thing like it's not going to yeah. ruin anybody's life it's totally unbelievable no one would have ever thought he was going to name them flow jam and whirl but you know someone could have yeah he also claimed that he came up with the presence effect by writing down ideas on a bunch of post-it notes and letting his cat loose to see which ones stuck to it <laughs> so just post-its on a cat yeah amazing don't quite understand that but i like it yeah I'm not quite sure what the system was, but I like the imagery. It Um, conjures. So as you were saying about the remake, uh, Greg Johnson would later be able to to give Toe Jam and Earl, or Whirl, sorry, Flow Jam Jam and Whirl, Whirl. um, a comeback in Back in the Groove, 
which was yeah. released in 2019, uh, 2009, March mm-hmm. 2019, which was made by his own independent game development company called Human Nature Studios. And this was also made possible by Kickstarter fundraising. Good old so, Kickstarter. Yeah, he said he was able to make it Toe Jam and Earl without needing a publisher since the popularity of the downloadable independent games sort of industry was, was available. But also apparently Adult Swim games came to publish the game as well for retail copies. So everyone was just totally into it. Yeah. I they mean, like, who? Yeah. it's nice. I know it's a, a well-loved game from yeah. that era. So, and there's obviously one of those things where it just kind of disappeared with that era as well, which was sad. So, yeah. I'm glad it was, it kind it was of just so good. Like, I loved the way it looked. I loved the, like, the loading screens or, like, the funky 90s, like, look about it. Like, it's just everything was just, it was just, I think, if you were to put, like, a game that you would say, like, this encompasses the 90s, it would be Toe Jam and Earl it's fair it's true yeah and i like that i didn't realize they were rappers i don't think ever but now you mention it it just kind of every top video game character of that era was a rapper of some kind i swear yeah you had pap the rapper we were just obsessed with rappers i mean if i didn't know what tajamana was and someone come up to me and they were like there's this game about these aliens and they're rappers and they get lost in england i'd be like yep yeah that's a winner that's definitely something i need to see yeah so, we're not the only fans, because Macaulay Culkin states that the first game is his favourite game of all time. He doubles as a promoted fanboy, as he's been named as executive producer for, for the new one, Back in the Groove. Amazing. Which I'd Did seen on their that. Twitter, actually. I'd seen Macaulay Culkin like, wearing t-shirts and stuff, and I think he like promoted it quite a bit. That's awesome. Also, another big fan mm. is, uh, now I've just forgotten his name, but Childish Gambino. Ah, Donald Glover. That's the one. Uh, he apparently has a single called Bonfire and apparently there's one line in it which references Toe Jam and Earl. Now, I was meant to look into this before I started this top five, but I forgot. So maybe later I'm going to go have a look at what that line was. But he obviously likes Toe Jam and Earl, so... Yeah, I think I know that song as well. And Yeah, but I can't think of the line, so I'm going to have to go listen to it as well. Yeah. But no, it's it's a great game. Uh, One of my favourites of all time. And I think I just had... I didn't play it by myself, really. I think that's one thing about split screen and, and couch co-op games is you know the best ones, you know, you had the most fun with other people because that's kind of the point. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They can stand alone, but it's better with other people. Yeah, definitely. I think that's, yeah, that's what kind of captures them and that's why they get put on the list because they're just the best at what they do. Yeah, and Toe Jam and Earl is just, just great. Just love it's it. It's just magical. It's a magical time. So I will eventually play the new one. Maybe that'll make it on another list someday. But for now, I'm going to have to wait patiently. Yeah. I hope it is as good as the original, but I have had a look at a few clips and it's one of those things that obviously it's going to look better. But uh, yeah, hopefully it'll be a nice homage. I've heard good things, so. Yeah, it sounds good. It does It does look really good. But like I said, it looks like the old one, so I'd never played it. But I'm interested to play that and then maybe see if I can try and find the old one on like um, Mega Drive. Well, I've got it on my PS three i know that much but annoyingly it didn't transfer over to, to ps4 which is rubbish but you know yeah gee dang yes but it's okay that's that's my number that's my number two all done. i like it all wrapped up uh, like a little present a toe jam and all present as you will <laughs> i like it um i guess i don't really have a number one so i'm gonna just throw in another one of my backups luckily i wrote down quite a lot of backups uh again i probably will just be talking off the top of my head so apologize for nonsense but for my substitute 
number one. What am I going to go for? I think I'm going to go for guacamole. Okay, I don't know what this is. So guacamole is a uh, action platforming kind of game. Um, it was, I think, originally on the PlayStation 3. Uh, and, like, eventually, I've got it on, like, my computer. And I think I've then got it on, I think I might have had it on xbox at some point on like their game pass i think it's on there and it's uh kind of a lot of mexican culture and folklore thrown in there it's kind of like it's 2d ish so you've got like uh really stylized kind of characters everything looks a little bit uh deus des mortos like the day of the dead uh esque to it it's really kind of got quite a bright colorful vibe uh, it's really kind of pretty game it's a little bit like jagged and edgy all the cuts and stuff but it's just it's a good fun game it's kind of like your like i said it's action platforming so you're kind of like trying to beat up uh creatures uh while also doing quite complicated like platforming uh areas and stuff like this um and you're basically like a mexican luchador wrestler um and you kind of i think you get killed but you kind of come back as a ghost and then you have to try and like get through um get through like levels and stuff to chase like this person who um basically killed i think it's like the president's daughter who you're kind of in love with uh and you're trying to rescue her and you go to like all these different places on the map i think it's like you have to go to like four different um like dungeon areas and kind of platform your way through and beat the person there and then you kind of eventually make your way to the main guy so it's like a basic kind of story um but it's quite a cute story it's basically like a love story between him and the like the person you play as like him the um luchador like luchador man and the president's daughter or el presidente <laughs> um as it is called uh and yeah i don't really know what much to say about this game other than i have a really good time playing it it's quite a complicated game in terms of some of the stuff you have to do platforming wise you have to kind of like punch and then kick your way up and then jump so it's like a little bit times where you're doing it but because you can play it co-op um if one person gets it more than you do you can kind of rely on them to get up there and then kind of teach you how they did it because a lot of working out like hey i have to get up to this really high up bit uh, and I can only really get there if I jump and then maybe I do an uppercut to like get me a little bit further and then I jump again um, and stuff like that. But it, the general like fighting and combat and stuff in it is really fun. It's just a lot of like hit the thing and duck and then hit the other thing. And it's easier to play with second person for sure. Um, I played a bit single player and then I played it co-op and I think it was much more fun co-op because it was just easy you could just kind of like hit someone else from behind while the other person did another part um so it kind of lent itself more to co-op um kind of playing and generally it's just a really nice little indie game i would recommend you check it out um like i said the art in it's very cool and all the monsters and the character designs and stuff um and it's you know it's on a little bit of a different theme i can't really think of many uh like mexican like culture and the folklore game based games off the top of my head so this one kind of has that nice you know something different about it for sure there is a sequel and i've not played the sequel but the first one was very much fun so i do mean to get the second one at some point but yeah i would recommend you check that one out um i have very quickly found some substitute facts i'm gonna um <laughs> good job that i'm gonna throw in uh because i figured i had to because it is my number one 
Um, and the main ones are that there are a lot of well-known video game characters that make appearances in this game. Um, and kind of like via a parody or an easter egg of them. Um, so there are a few Super Mario Bros. One is a wrestling event po- poster with two brothers as a tag team kind of dressed like mario and luigi and another is like an 8-bit mario from like the original super mario bros for the nes is like kind of painted on a wall like in a pattern that kind of works out and um another character is donkey kong so another nintendo person uh he appears with his trademark barrel in a kind of sort of stone pillar thing um there is a statue of squirtle the pokemon standing atop of a stone (laughs) pokeball nice uh, there's a luchador version of Link which is in a stained glass window in a church so there's just ridiculous amount. there's like a huge list of them um, and there is one more which is I was really found which was, uh, there was a, there's a Cactuar from Final Fantasy series in the desert there's a little oh. statue of him uh, and there's even some like ones for more like indie based games and stuff like that so it's not all like the big ones there's like a red robed wanderer, wanderer sorry, from Journey yeah that kind of can good. be found on like a little mountain uh i think there's like a castle crashes poster and some fez stuff and yeah even i think some angry birds things thrown in there yeah so there's lots of really cool like little throw-ins because it's an indie game so i think they've just kind of thrown in all their indie game friends uh at the time um but yeah it's a good game if you want just like a kind of a little bit more challenging platformy kind of combat game to play with someone i would definitely recommend this one Awesome. Yeah, I've not actually heard too much about it, but I'll definitely check it out. Yes. Awesome. Well, good replacement top one. Thank you. After my savage steal. Yeah, two steals. I can't believe it. Mm. So, that means we're on to my number one. It does. Do you know what it is? Hmm, I can guess what it is. Go on then. Borderlands. Yes. So it is Borderlands 2. Anyone that's anyone or knows who I am, will know that Borderlands is, like, my love. And, uh, and yeah, so it was always going to be my number one. I think, for me, it is one of the the best kind of split-screen couch co-ops there is. Also because it is, like, a modern one as well. As we were saying before with, like, games like Streets of Rage and Rayman, like, those games don't seem to exist as much anymore. But the thing I love about Borderlands is they still do like the split screen availability because a lot of games don't do that anymore which is depressing yeah. it's all online and uh and yeah so i think that is one of the reasons why i think borderlands still like sounds so strong for me because yes it's it's totally playable single player and online but the fact that it has that possibility to do couch co-op is just i love it it's just it's yeah. nice it's like a dying art almost it's definitely a nice feature to have in still like you said especially in this day and age where get like places just don't put that yeah. in which is fine because you know people do play more online than they used to but still to be able to to do that it's it's just nice and i think the fact that they've kind of kept that in is kind of characteristic to them which is great um so yeah to give a little bit of a background to borderlands 2 it is an action role-playing first person shooter and it's developed by gearbox software and published by 2k games the gameplay generally is what you'd expect from most first person shooters Although the thing I love about it is the amount of loot that you can get and like the uniqueness of all of the guns that you can get. There's so many loot drops that you can get, so many different guns, and all of them have so many like different sounds <laughs> weird but personalities. Cause some of them will have like especially like sort of weird references in them as well and sort of different things that they do. 
And uh, yeah, it's it's a great game. So you can play as either four of the characters. Oh no, sorry, I say four, not including the DLC. So you can play as Axton, who basically throws a Tara out of his body. You can play as Maya, who's a siren, who can phase like everyone with her whooshy powers. You can play as Zero, he's like the assassin sniper. Gunzerker, who is Salvador, who basically has like dual wielding guns. You can play as Gage, who has a big cool uh, murderous robot. That follows her around, or you can play as that other guy who I that can't remember guy. his name. Can't believe you've forgotten a Borderlands character. The other guy. I like it. Name... I'd help you, but I'm awful at Borderlands, so. <laughs> whose name shall remain unknown. He's like a psycho, but I can't remember his name, and I'm a shit Borderlands fan right now. Craig? 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 Craig or Craig? Yeah. I've never known how to say it, actually. Is it Craig? I don't know. You're asking the wrong person. I'm just very glad that I got that name. <laughs> I'm going to call him Craig because that seems like a good psycho name. But it is kind of... Oh, I think it's Krieg, actually. Krieg. But oh, yeah, that makes sense. You can pronounce it however you want. So, yeah, you can pick one of those characters. So, obviously, especially if you're doing, like, co-op, you can be whoever you want to be and the other person can be someone else and you can kind of use your powers together. Uh, you have skill trees as well, so you can pick, you know, what sort of route you want to go down. There's only three of them which is awesome. So obviously the new one's coming out soon, so I think it follows that kind of pattern as well. Uh, So the general storyline behind the game is that you are vault hunters. Uh, So this obviously follows on from the first Borderlands game, which, ashamed, I haven't played yet, but I am planning on getting the the new Game of the Year edition where it's going to have Borderlands 1, obviously on PS4, and that'll be great. But... um, yeah, Borderlands 2 was definitely my jam. It's the first game that I that I got into the series. And so, yeah, you're Vault Hunters. Uh, you're left for dead in a frozen wasteland by the man himself, uh, Handsome Jack. So he betrays you and leaves you for dead. And then you are found by the last remaining Hyperion Claptrap model unit. He's amazing. I kind of hate him and love him at the same time. It's a confusing <laughs> relationship. He's annoying, but you just have to love him. Yep. So, yeah, some other shit goes down, but you end up joining the Crimson Raiders, who are an anti-Hyperion resistance movement, and then the game kind of goes from there. I'm not going to spoil it, but yeah. So you're basically Vault Hunters, looking for shit. You're against Handsome Jack, who was, has mentioned in my, a lot of my top fives as a great villain and voice actor, but I've never technically mentioned the actual game before, so that's exciting. Uh, yeah. yeah. it's. I know you haven't played it too much, Steph, but... No, so I've only really kind of tried it a couple times in the first, I guess, uh, like a couple areas and things. I probably played about, um, I think probably about four hours in. I think, which when obviously the new in the one grand comes out. Yeah, I just, I it's just not a game for me. I've just never managed to get into it. Uh, I don't know what it is. It's just not my thing. It might be a UI thing. I have to say, I do struggle with it well, a little bit. Um, but yeah, but I reckon when the new one comes out. We're going to play it, and it's going to be great. Yeah. Will she? Hopefully you won't mind the UI, because I'm pretty sure they got rid of the mini-map. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure about that. I think they oh. might have. But yeah, there's other bits. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it's um, I'll try it. I think I'll, I'll still struggle with it. I think it don't know what it is about it. it. But I know it's a good game, and I know that it's uh, a lot of people like it, and I get the humour and stuff like that in it. Um, and the whole cell shading thing is really pretty and they do something a little bit more humorous with their game, which is 
nice uh it's nice to have kind of like a shooter that has a little bit more fun in it than yeah. you know normal ones where they take themselves too seriously so it's definitely an interesting one uh yeah. for sure i'm glad you mentioned the humor humor the humor <laughs> i'm glad you mentioned the humor because um i think for me it's like a big part of the game i think it it's what makes it it's what gives it its character yeah uh it's definitely what attracted me to the game especially i mean i I love the whole like vault hunter aspect and the the cell shading and the style and everything and also the the couch co-op part of it but i think the humor is definitely kind of what attracts me to the game it's just and the references there's a lot of there's a lot of good references in that game like to sort of pop culture and everything it's it's really nice yeah nice it makes me laugh i'm glad i'm glad so fact time yeah because i don't want to basically just talk about my lovable lands all day but I could. But I mean, I, I know. I've, I've heard it. <laughs> I've heard it all before. Uh, so one of my facts is that Tiny Tina, who is one of the most adorable yet psychotic characters in a game, she is basically, I found out, is the sister of Borderlands 2 writer Anthony Birch. Because yeah, obviously cool. she's voiced by... Sorry, I didn't even mention Ashley Birch. Ah, Connection. okay. Connection name. <laughs> I was like, Tiny Tina is a sister of Borderlands 2 writer. Tiny Tina Nikki, isn't. She's but, not real. But the voice actor, I've, I've had a lot of wine. It all just goes to shit by the end. I'm sorry. I have to prepare <laughs> myself for this and then it ends up just going downhill. So Ashley Birch, very famous voice actor, is a sister of Borderlands 2 writer Anthony Birch. So one thing that sort of stands out with Tiny Tina, apparently, which I never noticed, is she apparently she has a lazy eye. Uh, this was actually an accident. It turned out to be a programming mm. bug, but since it suited her overall look so well, they left it in. I like it. I, I like repping the it. people with lazy eyes. That's cool. Yeah, I've never noticed it, but apparently it's one of her signature things. But yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So Tiny Dune's amazing as well. I must admit she is one of my favourite characters from the game. Definitely, yeah. Definitely see myself within her. I don't so. know if that's worrying or... <laughs> Probably a bit of both. Yeah, fair. So obviously, as I was saying, the game kind of focuses on Vault Hunters. So although it is a different kind of term, the game does reference Fallout quite a bit, which I enjoyed. Ah, uh, yes. This was, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, one of the references is that there's a gun called Dog, but the actual file name of, of the gun is Three Dogs, spelled T-H-R-E. So Three Dog was a character from Fallout 3 who was like, who manned a radio station he was awesome. You would just basically just a lot of the time hear him talking. I think you do interact with him at one point. You find him in his little house. Uh, well, I say house. I think it's a large radio station. Um, but yeah, so the reason why it is a reference is because in the in Fallout, he has one quote, which is where he says, three dog, because one dog ain't enough and two is too low. It's three dog. Uh, apparently the game, like the gun description is because it says, um, because one barrel ain't enough and two is too few. So it's quite an obvious reference to Three Dog. And I really liked that because Three Dog was an awesome character and I like the fact that they, they're they aware that the whole like Vault Hunter thing is does kind of make you think of Vault Dweller from Fallout. Yeah, it definitely crosses over a lot. Yeah. Anything to do with Vault, you kind Another of think one, about that. Another one, which is a bit more of an obvious reference, is the fact that uh, there's a Vault Dweller skin. So I remember I, I noticed this once upon a time and I was like, that has to be to do with like a Fallout reference. Like it, there's no way that's not because it looks like the, the vault suit. Oh, um, um, yeah. But yeah, so that's pretty cool. So that's a couple of references. So nice. I, I noticed with Borderlands 2 when I was when I was looking into the facts that this game 
is just ridden with references to everything. There was just no way that I could have, you know, talked about all the ones I wanted to. That's one thing the Portlands do very well, and that is put references to everything everywhere that are great and all very funny, but there's just no way I could have gotten through all of them. Yeah, it's just chock full. Yeah, which is great, and I love that. So I've only picked out a few, so I'm just going to I'm gonna mention a few of the interesting things that I found that, yeah, that sort of caught my eye. So mm, cool. <laughs> there is a, uh, like, a, a boss at one point, and his name is Bunker. So B-N-K hyphen free R, and he's a big robot thing that you have to murder. And he makes some really weird noises. <laughs> so <laughs> I looked into this, and apparently... It's that the noises that Bunker makes actually sound designers Joshua Davidson and he's screaming and they've edited it to be like obviously these high pitched robot noises, but apparently he's screaming about tea for some reason. <laughs> I like it. I mean, maybe someone just didn't make his tea correctly. Maybe. Something to get angry about. But I just thought it was funny, so you know, when you're next playing uh, that bunker boss, just remember that there's weird noises really that you're hearing. There's some guy shouting about tea. Amazing. So uh, another fact as well, which I thought was quite an interesting one, so I just picked it out because I thought, well, that's, you know, that's different, uh, is apparently Axton, who's the commander for Borderlands 2, one of the playable characters, has been confirmed as bisexual by Borderlands 2 lead writer Anthony Birch, we mentioned earlier, uh, because apparently as well, you mentioned this and wanted this to be out there because apparently some people on our forums expressed a bit of disappointment that he wasn't intentionally bisexual, so I put some overt dialogue in Tina's, Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep, which is one of the DLCs, to confirm that actually, yes, dude is bisexual. I just love that nice. quote. <laughs> um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I just thought it was interesting. I just like how Borderlands can be quite diverse with their characters and uh, have quite interesting relationships as well. Yeah, I just I just think that they, even though some of the playable characters maybe don't have as much personality as some of the other characters, like they still have that sort of interesting, you know, side to them. They're not just sort of like blank plain characters. Yeah, they feel a little bit more real because not everyone is super outgoing or super crazy all the time. Yeah. Uh, they're a little bit quiet, but they do still have their own thing yeah. going on. Like, yeah, that's cool. That's a nice thing. Another thing about Axon as well, which is a great uh, fact which I thought you would enjoy, is uh, apparently there's a line when, when you're fighting as Axon, he may say, and you get a bullet, and you get a bullet. Everyone gets a bullet, which is a reference to <laughs> Oprah's energetic nature and giving audience members gifts. Amazing. <laughs> I fucking loved. I love that. Yeah. So that was that was just that was a great one. I enjoyed that a lot. And yeah, there's there's so many borderlands here, there's so many great references, there's such great humour to it. But it's also a really good split screen game to play with yourself or your friends. I I've replayed it a lot, embarrassingly so. I've gone through a lot of the uh the Vault Hunter modes and replayed it more than I can even begin to calculate. But it's great, and it has great replay value to it. And I'm very excited for Borderlands 3. Yes, it's very. it looks very cool, Borderlands 3. And I have to say, I do like um, Gearbox's style. I saw, actually, for you, um, that they've already released uh, some of the character outlines for cosplay stuff. Yes. So, like, the real detailed things, which I love that they do. They love that how much they encourage, you yeah. know, the cosplay stuff. Um, it's very cool. I think more, like, companies should do that where they encourage... Yeah, they're, they're really... Um... They're really amazing with the community, especially when they were doing the like the release of Borderlands Three, like for the like the trailer and stuff, and uh, like the live stream. And so they would like uh, they would put all the artwork from people that have made like all the fans, and then all like the cosplayers and stuff putting up 
like pictures their pictures it's just i don't know there's just like a, there's a great community i think with borderlands um not just from the community of borderlands but from obviously the developers as well i think because they they love like how much everybody gets involved which i think is yeah. just it's just nice it's a very healthy and enthusiastic community and it's just it's just nice nice yeah that's always good yeah it's not toxic like some of those other ones mm. <laughs> less said about that the better i think yeah but yeah so that's my number one is borderlands 2 to nobody's surprise i like it that's a good I mean, that's kind of yeah. the end of our list then um it, is. it was an interesting list. slightly drunk <laughs> well i'm glad i'm glad we're ending then because uh who knows where that train's gonna head um i guess we could quickly mention some honorable mentions if you have any oh let me get my list all right um while your nikki's getting up her list i will mention the ones that remaining on mine that i have not used um in my list because i'm not salty about nikki stealing two of my list at all uh, and that is, I've put in the Lego games, generally just all the Lego games, because they are some of the easiest <laughs> all couch of co-op them. things to play. Um, and I've played, I think, uh, out of the ones I really remember, like the Star Wars ones are always really good. I had one for Indiana Jones that was quite an early one that was really good. And I think I played uh, like one of the Batman like DC ones, and they were really good. I remember having a lot of fun with those three and i kind of want to play the harry potter one because i like harry potter so um yeah those ones all the harry potter all the all the lego all the lego stuff is always fun um another game called uh don't starve together which is kind of like a thrown off of don't starve um it's kind of like a little survival game um that you can do it's uh i've mostly played it on pc i think you can get it on other stuff as well but it's kind of like a tim burton art style it's very fun um and it's mostly just about like collecting stuff and trying to build stuff and trying to survive in this horrible land about monsters and things that want to kill you and terrifying things called eye birds um and my other one is battle block theater which i've spoken about before which is like a platforming game which is really funny game uh and finally i felt like i could not end this list without talking about things like rock band which are kind of a little bit more party lol so i didn't want to put them in properly but i do remember playing spending a lot of time with like uh a set group of people playing a lot of rock band um and actually trying to progress through a a story a a long time ago that was like the overcooked situation where i was like hey steph you got the drum kit and you were like yeah and i was like let's do this i remember just like setting up and just being like yeah this this is we're gonna do this all day it is one of those games where you play a lot like you end up sitting on it all day and you try and because you get really into your story of your band you're like yeah we've made a gig now we're gonna go on to another (laughs) gig and yeah it gets quite good with that game and then you leave the room and remember that you're nobody yeah and then you crash back down to earth and cry alone in your bathroom while dyeing your hair a weird color great game so uh yeah do you have any backups i've got a couple i don't have as many as you but you know it's cool I stole yours, so it's fair enough. I shouldn't yeah. be allowed to have backups. Nope. One of mine is previously mentioned is Golden Axe. I nice. had a bit of a fight between Streets of Rage and Golden Axe because they're both great games. And Golden Axe did come first, but I think Streets of Rage for me had a bit more character. But Golden Axe was still an incredible game and I loved it and it was great. But it just didn't make my list. But anyway, that's cool. Moving on. Uh, another one of my games, another retro game, is a game called Bubble Bobble. Oh, I remember Bubble Bobble. Pretty sure it was Master System. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I think you're right. And it was before Bubble Bobble became one of those 
Tetrisy looking games. It was just like a platformer where you just collected fruit, really, and jumped away from enemies. I think, and it was it was a co op game, but you were all just obviously on one screen. I don't remember enough to really splurge about this. I just remember as a kid it being my favourite game ever, not just because it featured little tiny dragons that were adorable. They were Loved cute. Uh, another yeah. game that I just wanted to mention briefly, which I am a bit reserved to mention because I never really played the campaign very much, but I w- adored the multiplayer, which was Gears of War. Any of them. Oh, nice. Yeah, I just, I'm... Yeah. Sorry, go on. Uh, I was going to say, I've never been a big uh, Guess of War player, but I know that they are big in the co-op, like co-op thing. Similar to Halo. It's got like a similar kind of following. I've tried a few times to go through the co-op modes. I've just, I've never had like the dedication because I don't really have an Xbox. So I've often played around people's houses. Yeah. And enjoyed it. But for me, I think mostly it was the multiplayer mode. I really enjoyed going up against my friends and murdering them. Because I was pretty good at the multiplayer, like attacking but not the actual co-op. But one day I'm going to hopefully go through and play them all. But yeah, I just thought I'd mention the multiplayer aspect of that game because I thought that was pretty good. Nice. I like it. And that's it, really. Cool. Well, that kind of reaches the end of our list and honourable mentions. Um, I guess we should do some general... Uh, housekeeping uh, you can follow us on twitter at game tool 5 uh, or you can follow us individually you can follow Nikki at what Nikki? Elite Cat and you can follow me at Sephiem with three F's um, you can also if you feel like sending us any kind of mail we like getting mail uh, you can either do that on twitter or you can send us an email at game tool 5 at gmail.com uh, if you have any suggestions for episodes or general questions or I don't know tell us you hate our voices that's fine too you wouldn't be the only ones. Yeah, it's fair. It's it's fair. Uh, oh, well, yeah, that's about that. This was, this was a fun one. I like talking about friend games. Yes. If only we had some. We didn't scare them away by trying to play Overcooked with them all day. Yeah, and trying to stab them with a fork. She moved well, far away from me just to get away from my obsessions <laughs> of playing co-op games. Yeah, I moved and I didn't tell her where I moved to. She still doesn't know to this day. I'm still searching. And I will continue to search right now. Have a lovely evening, every. Well, it's not an evening, is it? <laughs> you can cut that out if it's if. <laughs> I mean, you can put. You're going to put that in, like you did last time. You're hey, gonna... I only put that in because you threatened me in such a <laughs> hilarious way. All right, this one, this one, I'll remove. I don't mind. It was it was so cringeworthy that it's kind of funny. Have a lovely evening, everybody. It's probably not even evening where you are. What is wrong with me? I need to go to bed. <laughs> right well hi everybody or good day or whenever you're listening to this and i've done the same thing as nikki and yeah we're just gonna cut this whole entire section um how the fuck do we end this podcast normally this is as bad good as the start morning, we started off terrible and we're ending just as terrible so i think we're just gonna have to keep it in and just accept that this is our podcast now this is our life um goodbye 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 <laughs>